Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. Matt Brewer came over yesterday and uh, hung out and brought us some fruit, and uh, he, uh, he was so excited. Jamar came into the kingdom family yesterday morning. Woo! Accepted yeah! Jesus into his heart also. So, yay God. So many good things going on. Um, we have some funny stories. So, first off, uh, it's this funny thing that um, Hadassah, our daughter, uh, first service, we, this cute little thing happened. So last week, Chloe tells me, hey, Grandpa's been giving, Grandpa Greg's been giving Hadassah money for the offering, and she doesn't always put it in the offering plate. <laughs> She's been putting it in her pocket. And I'm like, I just kind of chuckle. Well, today she asked Nicole, she's like, hey, hey, Mommy, uh, can I have a dollar for offering today? And she's like, yeah. So she gives her a dollar. She's like, can I have a coin too? She's like, yeah. So she gives her a dollar and a coin. And then the offering basket comes around for service and she puts the coin in, puts the dollar in her pocket. <laughs> and she says, one for God, one for me. <laughs> so we've at least taught her the principle of tithe, just not yet to give it all. So it's just funny. Uh, another funny story as we get started here. Uh, last night we, we did, it was incredible. I mean, you talk about impact, 40 marriages, 40 children. I mean, it's, I told our kids, our kids were tired. Chloe was exhausted when we were going home. We're exhausted, you know. And, uh, and I was just like, listen, we, we just talked to them about, we may have sowed a seed in somebody last night who now their, their parents and these kids don't have to go through a divorce. There just may be a seed there to where these kids never have to endure a divorce and split homes. The other thing is we just said, you know what else we think? And we're talking to our four girls last night as we um, were tucking them in. We said, well, you know what else we think? We think this is an investment. We think you're sowing seed. Do you know what it means to sow seed? And they're like, well, yeah, kind of. And we talked about it. We're like, we believe that you've just invested in your future marriages. So we began to pray for their husbands last night and the seed of them serving and sacrificing and being here for nine or ten hours last yesterday was sowing seed into their future marriages. And uh, it's just incredible. Uh, so as we're leaving last night, Steve Bowen, Steve's like, hey, you know, we got the hug campaign going on tomorrow. We got these bags of Hershey's hugs. And uh, do you think it'd be okay if I put balloons up? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That'll be, that'll be awesome. So he puts these two little cute heart balloons up there on the little table out there. So Nicole and I get home late, and we get the kids to bed. We're, like, winding down, throwing down some pizza. And then we're like, I was like, all right, you want to watch a show, crash on the couch, go to bed, what do you want? She's like, I got my bathing suit on. We're getting in the hot tub. I was like... All right, so we go to the hot tub, and it's late, and uh, we, we get in this deep discussion out there, and we're out there for like an hour, hour and a half. We're like prunes at this point, and then we get back inside, and we look at our phones, and, and my phone was on the charger, and Nicole's was like, I've got like three or four missed calls from your brother. There's a group text. As I pick up my phone, I've got four missed calls from Matt and uh, a missed text from him, missed text from Robert, and uh, so here's, here's the text I get. Had a burglar alarm going off at the church. The police couldn't reach anyone, so they called me. Now, this is 1 in the morning. Matt and Amy are usually kind of early to bed. So this is like 12.30, 12.45 at night. All right, it says, there was an intruder, and I helped detain them. Two balloons were swinging in the air in a narthex, <laughs> tripping the motion detectors. 
situation contained. So everybody thank Matt. Woo! He's like, I should have taken a selfie with me and the cop and the balloons. <laughs> so our sirens were going off for like ever last night. We can't be reached. We're just hanging out in the hot tub having our date night. And, uh, and Matt's, Matt's like doing this so gracefully. <laughs> so just funny. The balloons are worth it. So Matt is asking everybody, take the dang bags of the hugs and use them. <laughs> so uh, we are starting a campaign today. It's Valentine's Day week. Uh, Nicole and I co-speak uh, every Valentine's Day Sunday, and uh, we share with you where we are, our journey, where we've been. The first time we did this about three years ago, we told our, our, our marriage story. Uh, you can go back and listen to that, but the details are, I was a really, really, really bad man without Jesus all the way in my heart, and now I'm a really, really, really good, good man in process with Jesus in my heart. And, uh, and I'm in process, but God's made me into a really great husband and dad. And I'm proud of that because I serve a God who absolutely transformed me and our marriage. Um, so we just shared today. But we've got a couple other things going on. We're going to connect it into the Kindness Counts series. Uh, but we have the Kindness Calendars. If you didn't get one last week, we passed them out again today. Do those. Do this. You can start from the beginning and, and just do 30 days of it or start today where the date is on the calendar. The other thing is as you walk out today, Steve uh, helped coordinate this and our life group and Kurt Lamb's life group helped bag all those little Hershey hugs. They're intended for you just to give that to somebody so they experience the kindness, a kiss, or a hug from Jesus. All right, that's it. And it just says, you are loved. You, you need a hug. Everyone needs a hug kind of deal. It has a little card in there. So leave it uh, at the drive through window for somebody for the car behind you, pay for their meal. Do something fun and creative with it. Let your kids bring it in with, to your teacher with a little small gift or do something. Just, just make it your own. Grab a few bags per person as you walk out. We want that table empty uh, because Nicole doesn't want to eat all the chocolate that's left over. Okay? Which I will. So anyway, as you walk out, and don't forget, get Jay's book. That's awesome. All right, so um, our journey, we're, we're going to fast forward through this because at the end of this every year we do live Q&A. Questions and answers. We do not stage and plant questions and have the, the answers already written out. I have so many friends that do this in their churches, and they've planted all the questions. I was like, bro, that's not fun at all. That's not adventurous. Who are you? You know, and so I tease them about it. And, uh, but the reality is there are no staged questions. There's no dumb questions. There's no silly things. So this went really, really great first service. So uh, we're going to talk for about 10 or 15 minutes, we hope, and then uh, do, do about the same for questions and answers. Um, so we just want to catch up to speed our journey. Um, we really want to focus on the, on the house journey. All right, we've talked to you about it. We've, we've let you in our life of that process. It was never about a house. It was about a home. All right. It was never about a material possession. It was about a process and a journey with the Lord, learning to trust him, learning to have faith, learning patience, learning to still press in and persevere when you didn't feel like it. And uh, so let me just tell you kind of how this all came to fruition. So I have a dream in the middle of the night about two years ago. And uh, the dream was we acquired this house that I'd never been to. I drive by it on a regular basis. But I happened to mentor the grandson of the, of the couple that lived there. His name's Patrick, really amazing young man, uh, full-time pastor on staff at CLC in Dayton. So Patrick, uh, I mentor him. We meet regularly. I was like, hey, man, I had a dream uh, through the night that we acquired your, your grandparents' house. And he's like, man, that's amazing. That's crazy because we just talked to them this, that last week that you had this dream about them aging and figuring out what they're going to do for the future. My parents and aunt and uncle just began to talk to them. 
So uh, we fast forward a couple days. He sends me a text. He's like, man, you're not going to believe this. My mom was praying in the spirit, and she didn't know what to do with this or how to unpack this, but she had an open vision while praying in the spirit that you're girls, and you guys were in the lawn, and you were playing, and you had bought my grandparents' house. So then I'm like, okay, well, we should probably look into this. That's probably more than an accident or, or just luck or something, you know. So we, I, I text her. His mom's name is Cheryl. I text her, and we line up. We go look at the house. We don't tell anybody. We're just looking. We're like, we love our home. We built our home uh, some with our own bare hands, and, and it was only 10 years old. We love it. We weren't looking. I just simply had a dream. And uh, so we go on this journey about a year later, um, and through this process, we start, people start, like, calling us. And we had two to three, maybe even four people say, hey, this house, we saw this house, and uh, we, we, we saw your kids playing in the yard. We think you need to look into this house. About a year later, a sign goes in the yard. When we looked at it that first time without telling anybody, uh, they didn't know if their parents were going to be ready in months, years, weeks. They didn't know. And I said, well, just keep us in mind. We're not in a hurry. That we don't, we're just kind of going along for the ride here. I just had a dream. So um, we see a for sale by owner sign go in the yard one day after I was driving home from work. And I called Cheryl. I was like, hey, I, your dad put a for sale by owner sign in the yard. What's going on? We told you guys we were interested. And she's like, oh, you still are? It had been almost a year. We're like, well, yeah, we are. We never got to see the upstairs. We want to see if it could work for us. And you know, if God's in this, we'll, we'll do it. So anyways, uh, during that time, again, we hadn't told anybody. And uh, Nicole's getting phone calls from, like, intercessors and people with some really strong discernment. They're like, and then we had people sending us prophetic texts. Hey, we see you moving homes. The Lord had told Nicole about five years ago to simplify. I gave her the word simplify and get rid of and purge everything we didn't need. Um, so then she starts getting these phone calls. Hey, we saw this house with for sale by owner, and we saw your kids playing in the yard. <laughs> and we had this vision, and so we had all this stuff. We reached out to some people as we progressed through this progress and uh, our process and uh, had them pray and like, yeah, you need to do this. This is you. We feel God's going to provide. So we enter into this promise. Like we feel it's a promise. We feel like, all right, we did everything. We, we, we went through it uh, through with a lot of counsel. We, we had inspections, then we did the whole thing, right? We didn't just flippantly go in this. Uh, we were calling prophetic people, asking for texts, like, hey, pray. What do you guys feel with this? Do you feel Because we're uprooting our whole family and taking a big risk. So we do it. And then uh, we get in there, and we're like, wow, this is fun. And then all of a sudden, we have 100 bats in the attic. And then we kill raccoons. And then, then we, we, we kill three moles and five mice. And then two snakes crawl up through the kitchen. And, and then we go seven or eight weeks without a kitchen or running water in a kitchen while we're living there in construction. And uh, at, at any rate, it became this thing that was just really, really hard for us emotionally. Way harder than we anticipated. We're like, we're simming strong. We can do this. Yeah, that didn't work. So it was just a hard season for us. Hard emotionally, um, financially, spiritually. And, uh, but I just want to tell you, like, it was really testing our faith. It was really testing our trust. Like, God, this was, not, this was not my plan. This was not my dream. I didn't conjure this thing up, you know, so what are you going to do about it? So we go through this process, and it was just so hard and taxing. And um, so we, but we feel like, man, we're thankful we did go through it. We're thankful, like, we grew so much. And I'll be honest, as I look back, I'm like, wow, I had some arrogance building up. I had some pride building up. I had these things that were building and accumulating and piling on me. And then everything was stripped away. Literally, this house was, was stripped. It stripped so many things away. You know, and, and let me just use it this. I'd enter in a crappy situation. I'd pull a toilet. <laughs> pun. That was a pun. That was good. 
I'd pull a toilet and realize, oh, wow, the subfloor's all rotten. Now we've got to replace the whole floor. Or we pull out their old oven, and there's a bird's nest of wires, four to five generations of wires there, just not in a junction box or anything, just there. We're like, well, looks like we're rewiring the kitchen. So we stripped it down to the studs, and the one bathroom we stripped down to the studs and floor joists. And we're like, wow, we thought this was going to be a cosmetic update. And we gutted the thing. And it was hard. It was so hard. But what we realized was through this process, we got to keep on and realize what we had, get rid of what we didn't want and what the Lord was sifting through us and put on the new. Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. The God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three generations. So we got to preserve this house and keep the original wood trim and the original doors and, and the original brick and strip off some of that plaster and wallpaper that had covered up so much of this beauty, and now we have exposed brick. The stuff we didn't like, we just put shiplap on that puppy. So, so here's the deal. We got to honor the past and preserve some of the things that were good in the process, all right? So our love for the Lord, these things, our trust, our faith, we got to kind of stir this up. We got to embrace the moment in which we were doing this and have a lot of fun. And, I mean, at times I even took the girls. I was like, too stressful, skinny dip in the pool. So we live, like, back in, like, this woods almost, so no one can see us. So... But then what we got to do is we got to bring in a brand new kitchen and build a dream kitchen. It's, it's honoring the past. It's preserving what the Lord is, has in good in us. It's embracing the present, being content where you are, but dreaming for the future and changing what you don't like. And that's the best way I can describe of what, what this process did for us. It preserved the good things that were here. All right, it got us to, to actually appreciate a journey and an adventure with the Lord in this, but then we got to build and become new creatures in the way of humility and patience and trust and actually receiving help. Well, I would just say that we're not finished. <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like we, it wasn't three months and now, boom, we're done. It's good. We're great. Everything's awesome. No, I mean, it. it the intensity of, you know, that initial push, that was really, 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 really hard. And um, it definitely did help mold us and uh, burn away everything, <laughs> you know. Um, but, like, it is, it is still a work. And I just, you know, I think I'm, I feel like now I'm, I'm excited for the work. And so that's just weird. But uh, it's definitely still, we're still, we're still figuring this out because I think sometimes for him and I, we're like, okay, we have this, here's our task, here's this project, it's a challenge, here's our challenge, we knock it out, and then we're like, that was fun, and we're done, and this time it's like the Lord is like, this is a challenge, and it's still a challenge. Now, can you find the fun still, because it's still a challenge, and I'm like, man, that's, I think so. I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of like crossed over to that, so. I legit, we had 15 days from the time that we got possession of this house and had to move out of our other house. I legit thought I could totally remodel and renovate this entire house in 15 days. <laughs> Chip and Joanna make it look so easy. Extreme home makeover, they do that stuff in seven days. I can do this. And I was dead wrong. And, like, people were so gracious. They're like, you know, you might have some ongoing projects. Like, my brother and my boss at work, they're like, you know, there just could be some things. You just chip away what you can and get a little done. And I'm like, you don't know us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will stay up all night long 
And I did, like, for 15 days. And then I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't work this pace. So we worked hard till Christmas. And then, like, it has been so hard to get back into it. And we just plug a little at a time now. It's like we're catching up on sleep and some other stuff. But so here's the deal. It's like what happens when things don't work out the way you had hoped for or the timing in which you thought they should work out? And that's the journey that we went on. Like, this was supposed to be a promise from the Lord, and now it's not working out the way that we thought. Now it's not working. Wait, wait, wait a second. We went through Dave Ramsey. We were debt-free except our mortgage for the last eight years. Now we have credit card debt. That's not biblical, you know. And we're like, okay, but all right, but we need a toilet that flushes, you know. We, we need a kitchen sink. So, uh, so we're, we're working through this of, like, testing our faith and testing this journey and saying, okay, Lord, it, this was your idea. So what are you going to do about it? So I want to go to a scripture here, and then I'll let Nicole talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we call it co-speaking, and I usually just take over, so I'm sorry, babe. Although after this week of uh, chaos, she was like, you just talk more tomorrow. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, what do they say about people with lots of wisdom? They don't talk much, right? They just listen. <laughs> and then when they speak, everyone listens because they hardly ever talk. Listen, if you're going to say stuff, say it in the microphone. <laughs> All right. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. I, I ran across this. I was talking to a friend. We were processing this. And uh, it's, I was like, yes, that summarizes where we've been since September. And uh, so here's, here's this funny story. God is, is giving this promise to Abraham. All right. This is before he was Abraham and Sarah. He's still Abram. She's still Sarai. And they're going on this journey. And I've always liked the first part anyway. And it says, verse 1, Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. <laughs> go, move everything you have, and then eventually I'll show you where you're going. Let's go on this adventure. I'm not going to show you where. How many are willing to follow Jesus blind? Like, even when you can't see it, you just trust that his plans are still best for you. Like, you may not know where that spouse is coming from. You may not know where that job offer is coming from or what, what your children are going to turn out like. But how many just trust Jesus because he's in the process no matter what? So verse 2, it says, And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to a place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord. And he called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward Negev. Now, now here's this amazing story of like, okay, go. Recklessly abandon, just go. I'll show you the land because this is your inheritance. I'm blessing you and the generations to come. You're going to have many nations. It's all yours, right? It's amazing. Then we read verse 10. Now, there was a famine in the land. 
So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. <laughs> ah, snap. Like, God, we went, we, we gave everything up. We went to a land you were going to show us. It was beautiful. We pitched a tent there. We built an altar there. This was going to be home. It was a blessing of many nations. And then famine hit. <laughs> That's kind of like what we felt. Like, we have this beautiful place, this beautiful promise, this dream, these confirmations. And then all of a sudden, like, wait, this is, this is not what we signed up for? This, this was not part of the plan. We went to the land that you were going to show us, that you gave me a dream of, and now it's not what we expected. So let me just catch you up on the rest of the story. So what happens is they have to go into the city. They go to Pharaoh, all right? And the soldiers and these people meet him, and they actually conjure up this idea that they were going to say that Sarai was not Abraham's wife. It was his sister. So that way she's beautiful, and that way they wouldn't get captured or killed and kind of protection. And then all this drama happens, this craziness happens, and then the Pharaoh says, why did you trick me? you're an idiot. Why are you doing this? I, I thought she was your sister, you know, and then he lets them go. They actually build wealth, and then they go back to this land. They divide, and they strategically send a lot away and give him whatever land he wants, and then we, for the rest of the story, Abraham's blessed. He's given many nations. His name's changed. He's transformed literally in the presence of God, and later on offers up sacrifice to Isaac, as Adam referenced, and all these things, and he was blessed. He was a father of many nations, but there was this process to where he recklessly abandoned everything to, to, to just trust God. He goes into the land that was a land of promise, and then famine hit. It's like, oh, yeah, we want to actually be a part of your resurrection. Oh, wait, there's that second part of that verse that says participate in your sufferings. Ah, nuts. So it's in those moments where our journey was that we actually grew. It was in those moments of the desert season. It was those moments of the wilderness. It was those moments of, of now when the famine is hit, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to pursue? What, where does this leave us? And the reality is that's where our greatest growth took place, her and I. Like we stayed so strong as a married couple and like we literally only even got into two little bickers. Like it was. Well, they were more than bickers. They were two big fights. And one was because I wanted my HVAC system cleaned out. It's a scam. And he thinks it's a scam. <laughs> and it literally, obviously, it was the, sh the tipping point. And I just lost my marbles, and I walked out. Lee and Robert were there. They think God talked him into it after I left. And then he came to himself and said, fine, we'll get it done. But I, I think just that, that fact that we, like, that was, um, like, Jesus, I mean, he's so good that in that, we could recognize, like, it was like, it was like he was showing us, like, see, you guys actually have done what you've set out to do in your marriage. It was like, we are, we literally went through so connected and so, like, in unity. I mean, because in the past when we've went through things, like when we built our house and stuff like that, there's a lot of just bickering. We're both intense people and we're both, like, push forward people and so... You know, and it's just like, I was just so thankful. Like, that's one of the things that I noticed in this is just them, him being so sweet to show us and reveal to us that, like, you are, you guys, as a married couple, you're really doing this. And so. Yeah, it was good. What we, what we kind of learned was, and then we'll just kind of summarize and, and end on this to connect it back into the series, is we realized that God had our best interest through the whole process, even when we can't see it ourselves. 
Like, and we've learned that. We've learned that already that God's good no matter our circumstance or our trial or our issue or, or, or whatever. Like, he's really good no matter what. The other thing is, like, even when you feel let down, he's still there. Even when you feel like, but God, where are you? Like, the famine's here. We're, this was, you got us here. Your promises are yes and amen. Yeah, it's his promise and our process. <laughs> the amen is our process. It's his promise of the yes, and it's our, pro- our process, the amen. And it's like, so now what? And so we just learned a few things, and, and I'll, but I'll be honest with you. One of the greatest impacts of the entire thing was experiencing and receiving the kindness from so many of you. That was, that was the thing. And, and I've just kind of processed this. And we had over 45 people come in and help us and sacrificially serve and paint and scrape off wallpaper. I mean, Steve Bowen came for, for an entire day once, and he scraped about this much wallpaper off of a section of wall. Like seven hours of work, and he got this far. And he just, with a smile the whole time. And, and, and he just kept saying, man, you guys are blessed. This is an amazing place. I can see things happening here. You know, and just like, just with a heart of thankfulness and a heart of gratitude. And, and I'll be honest with you, Romans 2, 4, it says that, that the, it's kindness that lead men to repentance. The kindness, the goodness of God lead men to repentance. And I'll be honest with you, the kindness of people, the kindness of God through kind people led me to repentance so many times as I was just grateful for the people that were sacrificing time with their family, sacrificing restful nights. I mean, Lee and Rob stopped in one night because they saw a post on social media of, of me doing tile. And they're like, hey, we stopped in to see if you still needed help. At like 7, 8 o'clock, they come out, and they stayed with me till 2 in the morning. You know, we have story after story of this. While he's composing himself, I think it's ministered to our heart deeply and us as a congregation when Christy walked through what she did. It, it ministered to us and her, obviously, and to the congregation of what family looks like. And now being on the receiving end, the personally receiving end of your, of being family and your kindness just because you love us, we're like, we had a hard time, like, accept. Like, it was just like, how do we, because... I don't know how to take this. Like a week before, two weeks before we, we knew of the day that we would get in the house, people are already connecting with me. When can we bring the meals? We're going to have meals this time, this time. We're going to drop them off here. How many people? Blah, blah. I mean, it was just like the verse, way beyond what we could have asked, thought, or imagined. And I just, I just want to say thank you. And I just believe with all my heart that because of what you sewed in, even it was painting a closet or... You know, just picking up the girls or whatever that, you know, you are going to receive so much back from that. And I just declare that over you guys, that you just feel so blessed and that people, that it it comes back to you in ways from people as well. I mean, the intercessory prayer team came over to clean our house so we could move in the weekend of our conference. (laughs) The weekend of our conference, we're moving into our house. Like, we literally, the moving truck left at 4 o'clock, and we had dinner with Steve Backlund at 6. (laughs) And, uh, but they had cleaned all Friday just so we could be there that night. And it's just story after story after story. Rachel's packing up her own house to move her family, and she's staying till 1 in the morning to help paint our house. It's just... It was crazy. So it was your kindness. It was your goodness. And I know not all of you were part of our process, but you're part of the process by being here and being you and being amazing. Like, you're part of our story. And as year goes on, year after year after year, we sit up here and we, we're just so thankful for you. You know, we're so thankful for the Lord. It's amazing. So we're going to wrap up with this verse. Ephesians 4.32. Actually, Colossians 3.12. Let's go with that one. Okay. You want me to hold off on this? There we go. 
Okay. Colossians 3.12, it says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Paul's telling this church, he's writing, and he's saying, listen, you're his chosen people. You're holy. You're loved. He says, clothe yourselves. He says, be compassionate. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I'll be honest with you. Like, we grew so much in that through your kindness, through the kindness of God working in you to serve us and to give yourself for us. And, and every day, whether it was at our home or just you in ministry, you at your workplace, you being you, it's like that touches us so much because we get to be an active part of your life. Even if it's just, you know, encouraging you, believing in you, giving you a prophetic word, you know, just worshiping together. We get to actually be part of each other's story. And now we get to do this thing together. And uh, man, for me, in the, out of those, humility and patience grew so much in our process this year. I just wanted to speak into the dream thing again. Um, just that sometimes when we get dreams in the night or we get a prophetic word or, you know, someone gives us a vision that they've seen for us. Um, I think that what we tend to do is we start to like just on the natural side, we're just like, all right. And instantly we start beginning to like picture what that's going to look like. So when I hear that he's got a dream and then somebody else confirms this, I mean, immediately I start picturing and I start planning out what this is going to look like. And the thing is, I think that, that when, then when it comes to the point of, of it, what you think it should be and how you feel like it should go because this is a dream from God and this is how it could, And then it doesn't look that way. That's when you have this choice and you, you recognize it's no problem because I, all I was doing was probably in my natural limited ability envisioning something that I thought it was going to be like. But actually what he's doing and his ability beyond what I could even begin to think about is so much greater and so much bigger. So when we ha come to that road of I'm disappointed, God let me down. I thought it was going to look like this and it doesn't. And so he was lying then or we can go that route or we can say that's fine i must have just limited the potential the ability of what he's doing in this and now i'm going to i'm just going to veer right over and join what he's doing cuz he's he's got a better idea than i did and it's so important when that happens cuz i think so many times when we get these dreams and these prophetic words and it doesn't pan out the way we thought it was going to pan out it's like we just, we stop. We're like, God, you lied. There was so many times in this process, I was like, God, I, I told him, I, I just feel like God was just trying to pull a fast one on us. That's just how I felt. Because it was just not what I thought it was going to be. And um, for me, my growth came in those places of coming to this realization, this acceptance, and this actual excitement that, Okay, so what he's got is going to be so much better than what my limited human brain could fathom. And so I just want to encourage you with that. And then that one other thing is it is so important to have people that surround you who speak into your life and speak into your dreams and speak into these things. How many times I, that people would be at the house, like, like he was saying, like with Steve, and they just start, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You guys, this is what I see. Your kids are growing up here. And, like, just start prophesying over it. It was just like the next, it was like the next thing that we needed to hear to push us to keep going. And if you don't have people in your life that are doing that for you, gosh, you're missing out. So I'm just using this as an opportunity to say, get your people. Get your people who you trust to speak into your life that are championing you on and are believing for your dreams as much as you are. And their goal is to see your dream come into fruition. So...
the, the last comment I'll make is I, I realize that kindness and kingdom have some of the same roots, kin. And it's like that's the best thing about church, and that's the best thing about corporate gathering. It's the best thing is this, that it's not an organization, it's not a business. It was never intended to be a business or an organization. It was never intended to, to be that. It was intended to be a family that looks so beautiful like a bride that functions in love to serve the kingdom's purpose and to just love God and love people. That's, that's family. So with kingdom comes kindness, and we become kin, family. And um, so I think that's just amazing. And that's the thing. We're part of something bigger than us, and, and we get to actually just, like, encourage each other, be champions to one another. And... Um, you know, we, we get to move from being renters when we come into a movement like this. We get to come in and not just be renters and just occupy space and time and just be matter. We actually get to become owners and plant a stake in the ground that says, no, I put my picture on the wall. I'm family here. This is my covenant people. This is my tribe. This is, this is home, you know, and that's the thing. And then when things happen, all of a sudden, you don't realize what you have sometimes until you need it. And now we have this, this, this thing, this, this family, this love, this, this kindness, this... I mean, this God thing that, that is so amazing, and um, that's what we want to stay pure to. My prayer through this process has been to say, have my heart stay tender, and let me love God really, really well, and let me love people.